Between back to school and sports, my kids are all about their snacks this time of year, but finding healthy snacks with real food ingredients that also won't break the bank isn't always easy. That's why I love Thrive Market, an online membership-based market that makes healthy living easy and affordable. Everything is organic and non-GMO, and members save an average of $32 on every order. We're all about the Lara Bar, cinnamon sunflower seeds, and the skinny dip dark chocolate almonds. But Thrive Market is so much more than snacks. They have organic and essential groceries, safe supplements, non-toxic home products, and clean beauty products, plus ethical meat, sustainable seafood, clean wine, and more. If you join today, you can get 25% off your first order and a free gift. All you have to do is go to thrivemarket.com slash food issues where you can sign up and see my favorite items. And for every paid membership, they give a free membership to a family in need. So sign up today at thrivemarket.com slash food issues. I'm always trying to get more fruits and vegetables and real foods in my kids' diets, but I don't have a lot of time. So quick and simple options are a must. That's why I love the Vitamix. Unlike other blenders, the Vitamix blends everything up into a super smooth consistency, much like a juicer would, except you get all the nutritious fiber that regular juicers leave behind. And what I love most is that it isn't just for smoothies. Every Vitamix has an entire range of textures to choose from, so you can use it to make dips and spreads, nut and seed butters, hummus and guacamole, muffins, pizza dough, plant-based milk, and frozen treats. Vitamix has been around for 70 years and all of their blenders are powerful, durable, and built to last and come with a full warranty. To get free shipping off any Vitamix purchase over $50, just go to my website, julierevelant.com shop and click on Vitamix. This is Food Issues. In every episode, we bring you experts to tackle the real challenges around feeding kids and offer practical insight to help organizations, communities, and parents create change. I'm your host, Julie Revelon. There's almost no getting around processed foods in our kids' diets, but with all the health claims out there like organic, made with real fruit, low sugar, and lightly sweetened, trying to find better options is a challenge for any parent. We have to rely on these um, alternatives and convenience items, but we need to have that happy balance. That's Julie Harrington, a registered dietitian, culinary nutrition consultant, chef, and educator. She is also the author of The Healing Soup Cookbook and a media spokesperson. We'll talk about the surprising ways companies add sugar to their products, how to limit added sugars in your kid's diet, and easy ideas to make healthy treats at home. Hi, Julie. Welcome to the Food Issues Podcast. Hi, Julie. Great name. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. So I've been following you for some time. I, um, you know, I was interviewed on the Healthy Family Project podcast, and so I've followed your work with them. Um, but I'm so excited to talk to you today. It's not very often that you get to talk to a dietitian and a chef. So why don't you go ahead and tell me more about your career path and, and how you work with people today? Sure. So I actually started at Johnson & Wales University for my undergrad and my degrees in culinary nutrition. So for a while when I was younger, I was very heavily into sports and I started really 
getting interested in cooking and understanding how food really fuels your body. And I went to Jensen and Wales for my undergrad and I did all my nutrition courses plus all my culinary courses at the same time. So with that, then I went to College of St. Elizabeth, which is now St. Elizabeth University, to get my dietetic degree, my internship complete, to sit for the RD exam. And from that, I found that you need as a dietitian to have food and a culinary background in some form to really better educate patients and clients. And when you're talking about food, that's what's going to connect the dots to nutrition. So as a registered dietitian and chef right now, my career actually started as a retail dietitian, meaning I worked directly into the grocery store. So I worked one-on-one with clients and the current shoppers. I worked within the community and then also with the employees. After that, I was working in a private practice for a little bit, doing a lot of a culinary focus. And now I'm fully on my own as a consultant where I work with different companies to provide culinary nutrition education in many forms. So cooking classes, media, writing, um, video content. And I love that I can do a little bit of everything, but it again is connecting that culinary and nutrition together. Yeah, that sounds really fun. Um, Being around food all day, what's there not to love, right? Exactly. (laughs) So let's talk about added sugar. So what exactly are added sugars and what's the difference between added sugars and natural sugars? So added sugars are sugars and syrups that are put into foods during preparation or processing. And it can also be something that they're adding on to sprinkle on top. But your natural sugars, for example, that's naturally found in, in its food. It's an unprocessed food. So that apple that you're munching on for a snack, that's going to have natural sugar on it. No one is adding sugar to that apple itself. But now when you have apple pie, you're adding sugar to that recipe, and that's going to be considered an added sugar. So the fruit is fructose, or in dairy, there's lactose. And there could be other forms of natural sugars found in our whole foods. Yeah. And so last week we had the authors of Sugar Proof on the podcast and we talked about all the different names for added sugar. And I think the list was well over 200. But what are some common names for added sugar that parents may recognize when they're looking at food labels? Yes, there is a very long list of different names, but most of the common ones that you will see are agave, brown sugar, cane juice, evaporated cane juice, cane sugar, cane syrup, um, corn syrup, dextrose, fructose, which is like adding extra fructose naturally coming from those apples, but you're adding in more to whatever you're making. And then you have like fruit juice concentrates, malt syrups, honey, there's so many names. It's ridiculous, actually. <laughs> yeah. And and you mentioned honey. And I think, you know, people often think, well, honey, that's a natural sugar and that's great. But it's actually an added sugar when they kind of isolate it out, right? And then add it to a food. Correct. So yes, it is in a more natural form. But again, it's an added sugar because it's that isolated ingredient that you're adding to things too to add that sweetness component. It's not naturally sweet. Right. And so why should we as parents pay attention to added sugars in our kids' diet? 
So added sugars is not going to provide any nutritive value. It's just adding those empty calories. So in that form, we want to be aware of adding in as much nutrients in our food as we can. So we want to definitely limit intake. And the recommendations for kids ages 2 to 18 is only 6 teaspoons or less, which is about 25 grams. And if you kind of visually look at that of a teaspoon, only six of those, and it's found in a lot of our foods. So it's easy to go over in that. For women, it's about six teaspoons or less as well. So that 25 grams or for men, it's nine teaspoons or less, which is about 36 grams. So why do men get more? (laughs) I I don't know. I guess their bodies metabolize faster. It's very frustrating, especially even with like caloric intake. Men typically burn more calories than women do. Right. And and so, you know, I think, you know, as a mom, I am, you know, I I look at labels a lot. Like I geek out on the science and I'm often looking at the added sugars and just kind of getting frustrated because it's literally in everything. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking you know, gosh, I wonder if I've totally exceeded the amount of added sugars today and not even realize it. You know, I'm not giving my kid a piece of cake, but there's ketchup, there's dips and sauces, and there's yogurt is such a big source of added sugar. And so I think we all know we should limit the amount of added sugar in our kid's diet, but it's so hard to. And so what are some easy ways to to make this happen? So First things first is I never want people to feel upset or negative about giving their kids nourishing foods, even if it does have a little bit of added sugar in there. It's really looking at the big picture. And a way to start with that process is being in control of how much added sugar is going into things. It's things that you're purchasing, but also can you make that item from scratch very easily? And if the answer is yes, then you can control how much added sugar is going into that product. So that's not always going to be the case for everyone. So reading that label and really understanding natural ways to add some sweetness, like having plain oatmeal with adding some berries on top instead of doing those packets with added sugar in there. Yeah, that's great. So we're going to head to a break, Julie. And when we get back, we're going to talk a little bit about the research around added sugars and our kids' diets. If you want your kids to eat more fruits and vegetables, try new foods and eat better overall, getting them in the kitchen is one of the best things you can do. I've seen how cooking has helped my own kids be more adventurous eaters, and it's given them a ton of confidence. But if cooking isn't your thing, the Kids Cook Real Food eCourse is for you. The Kids Cook Real Food eCourse, which was created by a mom of four and former elementary school teacher, is designed to build connection, confidence, and creativity in the kitchen. In this course, you'll get more than 30 basic cooking skills, 45 videos, including a ton of bonuses, principal supply and grocery shopping list, and kid-friendly recipes like egg, fried rice, and homemade pizza. The course is designed for all kids ages two to teen and has three different skill levels. Your kids will learn how to crack eggs, cook rice, make a salad, safely use knives, the oven, and appliances. If your kids have food allergies or dietary restrictions, no problem because the course has a ton of substitutions. My kids and I have taken the course and it was so easy to follow along that my kids made an entire recipe on their own. More than 18,000 families have taken the course and the Wall Street Journal named it the number one cooking class for kids. 
If you're trying to cut down on processed foods and get your kids to eat more real whole foods and become healthy, adventurous eaters, then the Kids Cook Real Food e-course is for you. You can sign up for the course by going to kidscookrealfood.com slash food issues. And because you're a listener, you'll get a free lesson. Again, go to kidscookrealfood.com slash food issues and sign up. So Julie, what do the studies show about added sugars in our kids' diets? So the CDC recommends that children under two should not consume any added sugar. And 60% of children ages two to five receive more sugar than needed. And that's typically in the form of too much fruit juice. So what we're seeing here is on average that sugar makes up 17% of what children consume each day. And half of that, again, is coming from those drinks with the added sugar in it. So like soda, juices, flavored milks, et cetera. Yeah. And I think the other major source, I don't know if there's any research on this, but is the abundance of infant and toddler snacks that have those health claims around them, but they're just filled with added sugars. Mm -hmm. So that's, again, where let's look for other options that providing that same sweetness, if that's what your child's flavor preference is. So like fresh berries or even making your own homemade fruit roll-ups, if that's the case for finding a sweet alternative. Yeah. And when it comes to our children, aside from just drinks, where do you think kids are getting a lot of the added sugars throughout the day? Mostly all of our processed foods. So for example, when even you don't think that a loaf of bread that you're buying at the store is going to have some added sugar, but it does. Or even cereals or um, the yogurts that are flavored. But again, we need to differentiate between the natural sugars and the added sugars. So it's really great that a lot of nutrition labels have already adapted the new nutrition label that does include the added sugar. So you know and you can differentiate between what's naturally occurring, like in yogurt, dairy products naturally have sugar, that lactose, but now it's being flavored. So potentially they're adding other sugars. So you can have that distinction between what's considered natural versus what's considered added. Yeah. And in 2019, there were joint recommendations that came out from the AAP, the American Heart Association, and the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics, and the American Academy of Pediatric Dentistry. And they're called Healthy Drinks, Healthy Kids. Can you talk a little bit more about what they state and how it impacts parents? Yep. So the whole initiative was because early childhood, it's so important in that time to start shaping these nutrition habits and promoting healthy um, eating and beverage consumption. So the group helped with this initiative was under the leadership of the Healthy Eating Research and a leading nutrition research organization provided with funding from Robert Wood Johnson. And this initiative provides recommendations for drinks from infancy to age five and really tips on how to help kids choose different healthy beverages and how to swap out sugary drinks with maybe the same flavor profile, but less of that added sugar. Yeah. And I think that some of the quote unquote healthy drink options for kids. So the plant-based milks, right? Those are huge. I I think they can tend to be a huge source of added sugars. Would you agree with that? 
Yeah, but they do have unsweetened um, varieties of those, but also too, even when it says original, it's not necessarily an unsweetened variety. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about the surprising ways that companies add sugar into foods. So they're calling sugar by a different name. So it's not directly listed in the ingredient list as sugar. Like we mentioned earlier, there are over 200 names that could be saying sugar. It's not necessarily hiding, but the general population doesn't know that those ingredients are sugar. Yeah. And so, you know, oftentimes you'll find no sugar added, but then when you flip over the product and you look at the nutrition label, you see that they're, instead of sugar, they're adding something like stevia. How do you feel about that? Is it a problem feeding our kids something like that? So you have to go beyond the marketing claim on the front. So I always recommend everyone to look at the actual ingredients in the recipe and not rely on the marketing that's on the front of the package. Like you said that no sugar added, but then they're using a non-nutritive sweetener. So you definitely need to look at that and kind of really form your own opinions of what you feel comfortable um, feeding your children. So a non-nutritive sweetener like a stevia could be a good option to give that sweetness flavor without any adding of that added sugar. But then you start getting into the realm of those other ones like sucralose, aspartame, which are not heavily researched enough just yet to really understand the long-term effects. One research study did show that aspartame or sucralose in large consumptions actually kind of tricks your body into thinking you're getting that sweetness and it starts to crave more of it. And with those non-nutritive sweeteners, they are a thousand times sweeter than actual sugar. So your taste buds start adapting to that extra sweet taste. Yeah. And are there other marketing tactics that companies use to trick us? Um, I think they play around the serving sizes a little bit. So for something like maybe ketchup, I've seen a brand actually do one teaspoon as the serving size. So it looks like the added sugar is very low on that. But I don't know about you. I don't know if any kids are using only one teaspoon of ketchup when yeah. dunking. <laughs> <laughs> well, so we're going to go to a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about healthy junk food and if those can be sources of added sugar as well. If you have picky eaters, you're not alone. And as a mom of two, I totally get it. But through the years, as both a journalist and a mom, I've discovered the secrets to raising kids who love their veggies and will eat just about anything. And I want to share what I've learned with you in my free ebook, 15 Secrets to Raise Healthy Eaters and Put an End to Picky Eating. This book is filled with evidence-based real-life strategies that will help you raise healthy eaters without sneaking foods, bribing, negotiating, or making food into art projects. To get the book, just go to julierevelant.com and click on freebies. All right, Julie, so talk to me about healthy junk food because there are so many different brands and there's granola bars and chips and crackers that have all these different health claims and seem like they're better than their traditional counterparts. And, you know, they call out things like organic and gluten-free and superfoods, but can those be high in added sugars as well? Oh, definitely. So for... Anything we want to go for a whole food first approach. And of course, that's not going to be the case for every single meal or snack. 
We have to rely on these um, alternatives and convenience items, but we need to have that happy balance. So there's a lot of these quote unquote healthy junk food options available that they're making it seem like it's a really great option, like organic gluten-free cookies. It's still a cookie. They still have added sugar in them. It's just going to be using organic ingredients and a gluten-free flour if someone needs to go gluten-free for dietary reasons. So it's still a cookie. It's not saying this is going to provide the same nutrients as if you were going to have a snack of fruit versus these cookies. Yeah, I think granola bars are one of those foods that seem so healthy and natural, right? But a lot of Mm -hmm. them are just filled with added sugars. It blows your mind. So I actually used to do a grocery store scavenger hunt in when I was a retail dietitian for all like my kids groups, Girl Scouts, Boy Scouts. And one of their challenges was to find a granola bar with less than four grams of sugar per serving. So per one granola bar. And it was actually very challenging for them. Yeah. And I know now some of the brands like I, I buy for my kids, the that's it bar. And it, it's just, you it's know, fruit. regular yep. fruit, but they make them smaller. And I think Lara Bar does that. And maybe Kind Bar has those mini. So I like mm-hmm. that because they still kind of feel like it's a treat, but you're not getting all that sugar. Yeah. And so funny that some of like my old habits of when I was a child or my parents' habits, um, when they packed our lunches, we always had a quote unquote healthy snack and then a quote unquote fun snack. And even the fun snack was like that mini granola bar. Yeah, it's changed so much, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So what are the meals that kids are getting most of added sugars in their diet throughout the day? Or would you say it's really the snacks that they're eating? I would say it could be coming in from anywhere. So we talked a little bit about how drinks are definitely giving that added sugar. People are utilizing these sports drinks just as an everyday beverage. And that's not what they're really manufactured or made for. But now those added sugars are just going to be those empty calories. And as children are growing up, they're trying different energy drinks or these like sugary coffee syrups that are... um, like in those frappuccino drinks. So drinks are definitely one of the leading sources of these added sugar consumptions. But also, again, it comes in so many forms. So you're thinking you're choosing a really great breakfast, but there's sneaky um, sugars being added in. So for example, what if you're having a toaster waffle? If it could be even whole grain, which is great, but there's going to be some added sugar in there. Now you just added some syrup on there. Now you just paired it with a yogurt that has some added sugar in there. So they can creep in in so many different ways. So being strategic about choices could be really helpful. And finding, again, those naturally sweetened foods that have those natural sugars that can add that sweetness there. Yeah, absolutely. So talk to me about some surprising foods that added sugar can show up in. Things that we may not realize that our kids are getting added sugar. Um. So. Yogurts are definitely one. Um, a lot of our peanut butters or nut butters, they're the can not the natural ones, but more of the more processed, they're adding in some sugar to give that sweet um flavor to them. And it also it's used to help it stay nice and creamy. Our cereals are there's so many different varieties of cereals out there where there's different varying levels of added sugar. So if For instance, I would never demonize a cereal 
or an option like that. Um, but maybe really strategize when they're consuming that cereal. Maybe the little bowl of like Lucky Charms or something is more of a dessert snack. Or if they're liking Cocoa Puffs, what I used to do as a child, we mix them with kicks. So you're getting that same feel, but again, you're reducing the amount. Yeah. What about some healthy options or seemingly healthy options like store-bought smoothies and juices? So the smoothies or fruit juices that are prepared, um, you can purchase 100% natural juice. And I think that's the best route to go. But also really look at that serving size. A serving size is only usually about four ounces, which is a half a cup. And I don't know about you, but a lot of times we're pouring those bigger glasses. And that's where some of that sugar could be adding up, especially if it's not 100% natural fruit juice. Also, those smoothies, they could be adding added sugar into those, those little smoothie packs. Or even when you're getting um, a smoothie out, they could be using sweetened frozen fruit. Um, So it's best always, again, to, if you can, create your own so you can be in control of how much added sugar is being added into those smoothies. Right. And dried fruit can also be a source of added sugar, right? Exactly. And for instance, like one of the cereals that I see this, everyone thinking they're making such a great healthy choice is that raisin bran. Those bran flakes are going to give you that fiber. Raisins are going to be that added, the fruit in there. But those, that fruit is coated with sugar. The reason is not to only to make it sweeter, but it helps it preventing from clumping in your cereal box. So instead, just by your bran flakes, add in your own raisins on top. And what about bread? My daughter has food allergies, and so I'm constantly looking at labels and making sure that they're safe for her, and most of them aren't. But, you know, I'm shocked to see that so many, I would say every brand of bread contains added sugar. So is it, is it possible to find one that doesn't? So it'd be really hard to find one that does have no sugar at all because the process of making bread the sugar feeds the yeast to help it rise and get that soft, doughy, gluten um, elasticity of the bread. But when you make it at home, you're only using about like a teaspoon for your whole loaf, whereas in a loaf of bread that's maybe processed, they're using more. Especially when it comes to now they have like honey wheat bread or a softer wheat bread that's going to add a little bit of that sweetness in there. Yeah, I love making bread at home and it's and it usually goes right out the door in, in a day or two. But oh, it's, it's so good. <laughs> it's so good, right? So what are some of your best tips for parents to limit the amount of added sugars in their children's diets? I think from the beginning, um, really adapting a well-balanced structure when it comes to food and food choices in your household, having plenty of options available. Um, For instance, again, growing up, we always had baby carrots readily accessible to munch on if we ever needed like a quick snack. So we're not just always going to the pantry and looking for a granola bar in those instances. Um, Also, again, being flexible, not I never want anyone to feel like sugar is the enemy or bad, but really to have that understanding of we need to nourish our bodies and Too much sugar is not going to provide us that nourishment. Yeah. And what about including foods that have a combination of protein, fiber, healthy fats, so that our kids don't crave sugary treats? Yes, exactly. So again, making it balanced. So if 
they're having a salad dressing, for example, that may have some hidden sources of added sugar, but now they're dunking their vegetables in it. If that's going to get them to eat their vegetables, then again, look at the bigger picture here. Is that added sugar going to cancel out the nutrition from those extra vegetables that they're consuming? Let's find that happy balance. It's not like they're just drinking salad dressing, that would be pretty gross, or like eating a bunch of candy like on Halloween. That's a ton of added sugar all in one spot. But if they're having nourishing meals and consistency throughout their childhood, it will really help with adapting new flavor profiles for them and even kind of eliminating the craving and need for only sweet items. Yeah. And kids are just eating sweets all the time, every day, everywhere, you know, school, at home, church, the grandparents' house, everywhere. And so do you, what's your approach for that? Do you think that parents should say maybe once or twice a week or cut the portion size down and make a small treat every day? I guess it really depends on your family dynamic and what the situation is. I never want kids to feel like foods are off limits because then they're going to want it more. So finding different ways to make it fit in with a healthy diet and a healthy lifestyle. So having a cupcake at a birthday party, that's fine. But should we have cupcakes every night after dinner? Probably not. Right. So finding those nice, that nice balance there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and because you're a chef and a foodie, what are some of your favorite ways to make quick and easy, healthy, low sugar homemade treats for kids? So I like to use fruit a lot as some sweetness. Um, For example, like on breakfast, instead of using syrup, I'll take some frozen berries and simmer them down, even add some chia seeds to them to add a little bit of texture in there. And that's going to be my topping instead of just sugar or just the sugary syrup. Yeah. And you mentioned fruit roll-ups. Do you like making those homemade versions of kids' favorite treats? Yes, I do a lot of kids cooking classes okay. and I cook a lot with my um, friends' children. So we do have, we have made a lot of those um, alternative options. So something they be, maybe they're used to in a package, but we're making our own homemade twist to it. So I must say the fruit roll-ups, they are a little tedious to make because the process of making them versus just opening a package. But it's so fun and getting the kids involved in the kitchen too, I think is huge because then they're seeing how long it takes to make something, the process of it. They're being involved in it and they're more likely to try it. Yeah, I agree. That is so important. I love teaching my kids that they can make, you know, those healthier choices at home and we can actually make things that they love and it doesn't have to come out of a package. I every week, I, most of the weeks I try to make this granola bar um, and I'll, I'll link to that in the show notes, but it's so easy. It's peanut butter and some honey and oats and raisins and nuts. Um, and I just make a whole sheet of it and cut it up and it it lasts them for the week. So I think that's really important. Definitely. Getting more involved in the kitchen is huge, especially at a young age. Yeah, absolutely. So Julie, thank you so much for your time today. Where can listeners go to learn more about you and your work? So you can find me at julieharringtonrd.com or you can follow along on social media at at Chef Julie underscore RD. Great. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Julie. Awesome. Thanks for having me. 
That was a fun conversation with Julie Harrington, and I love her idea about using frozen berries and chia seeds to make a better alternative to syrup. I'd love to hear what you liked about this episode or any of the episodes. Just head to my website, julierevelant.com, click on podcasts, find the episode, and record a voicemail for me. Also, be sure to go into Apple Podcasts and leave a review and a rating so we can reach more people. I'm Julie Revelant, and thank you for listening to Food Issues. You can connect with me on julierevelant.com and on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter.